In today's show, we're looking ahead to a monster 12-game Wednesday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out PrizePix.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So, 12 games tomorrow. Not much possibility, I guess, in terms of streaming, but we're going to talk about that later on in the show. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) First game, it is the Bulls and the Pistons. I want to see Tristan Thompson, not because I want to watch Tristan Thompson play at all, because I don't, but I want to see what his role is. Does Vooch play? He's dealing with a hamstring problem. He's questionable. If Vooch plays, do they go back and start Thompson next to Vooch? I don't know. I doubt it. Is it Javante Green back in that spot? How do they run that rotation? And then Kobe White, who has been pretty solid as a scorer, not much else. Some threes, some points. We know he provides that. And just seeing how he can continue his form. While for the Pistons, of course, the number one thing we want to watch is Marvin Bagley, who should be, I expect, starting in place of Isaiah Stewart. But then what's the trickle-down effect? What does that mean for Isaiah Livers? What does that mean for Kelly Olynyk? And how do those guys' minutes get distributed? Can Olenek get to 24, which would push him into 12-team discussions? Does Livers cut into that? Does Gaza come back up? Does Diallo play more at the four? There are other options here for this team outside of giving big minutes to Kelly Olenek. But there's a huge opening there with Isaiah Stewart out, and somebody is going to have to jump in and fill that role. Let's look at the next game. It is the Celtics. And the Hornets for Boston. We've already said he's a drop, but we want to watch Maximum Derek White. Maximum Derek. If he gets back to 28 minutes a night, then we re-add him. But at this point, it feels like his role is just 20, 21 minutes a night, which is frustrating, of course. Um, We also want to watch Al Horford, who's playing at a supremely high level. His numbers have been hard to predict this year. They've been up, they've been down, they've been up again. Is there another down coming, or is he going to stick into this role? For the Charlotte Hornets, it is a back-to-back for them. We're not expecting that they're going to have Gordon Haywood available. There might be Jalen McDaniels. But I want to see the P.J. Washington, Montrez Harrell, Mason Plumley triumvirate. How do those minutes get distributed? Does Washington play basically just at the four? And then also Terry Rozier, whose efficiency is well up. His assist numbers are sky high. Is there any chance of that being able to continue? That's something for us to watch also. For the Phoenix Suns, it is a back-to-back for them. Will Devin Booker play? That's the question. He's coming off COVID. He's out for Tuesday. Does he play Wednesday? Same with Cam Johnson, who missed Sunday and will miss Tuesday as well. Do both of those guys return? And what's the impact on Cameron Payne and on Jay Crowder? How does that impact both of their production? I think all four of those guys, obviously Devin Booker, but all four of those guys are 12-team league players, even when they return, even when Booker and Johnson is back. For the Heat, it'll be the second game for Victor Oladipo. Does he play more than the 15 minutes? Spolstra says there was no ramp-up. 
doesn't need a ramp up. He's just straight, straight in, and he was comfortable with him playing 15 minutes. Does that mean that's his role every night? That he just plays 15 minutes? Or is he going to start to push for more? And then what we happens with Caleb Martin here, who played 21 minutes last game, but he's questionable. If Martin doesn't play, is it Struess who gets those minutes? Does Oladipo push to 20? Very interesting rotation across the wings and guard spots there for the Miami Heat. The Lakers and the Rockets. Of course, we want to check the status of LeBron James, who's dealing with that knee issue that caused him to miss last game. He's questionable, while Monk and Horton Tucker are probable. Carmelo Anthony's a 12-team league player at the moment, and he should be on a roster. While Austin Reeves has also been stepping up, he's not a 12-team league guy, but he's getting more minutes than Avery Bradley. Thank you. He's playing pretty well, but he's not really a big fantasy producer. I want to see if there's any chance of that changing. I don't believe there is. For the Rockets, KJ Martin played more than the wild thing Jay Sean Tate last game. Is that something that's going to be ongoing? I don't know. Eric Gordon will return. Christian Wood missed last game due to an illness and Dennis Schroeder with an ankle sprain. We don't know whether they will play. But watching the KJ Martin, Jay Sean Tate minutes is interesting. If Martin gets more than Tate again, then he does become more of an ad and Tate's a drop. I think Tate's probably a drop anyway. But Martin pushing ahead of him is uh, an interesting development that we need to keep need to keep our eye on that. You also need to keep your eye on price picks because it's daily fantasy made easy. You are going to love it. What you do is you pick two to five players and look at their individual props. So their points over under, their rebounds, their assists, their steals. You just pick over under, put them together into one lineup and you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. It is that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. You can do the entries in 60 seconds and it doesn't just have to be basketball. You can actually combine multiple sports into one entry, whether that's baseball, whenever that happens, hockey, college basketball, multiple sports, chuck them all into the one entry. And for a limited time, Price Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all users. You get 50 bucks for free if a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use the code NBA. That's right. It's an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use code NBA. 50 bucks for free if a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. The Thunder. They are taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Thunder's got everyone out again. We don't know about Isaiah Roby, though. He's questionable. So there's no Dort, there's no Giddy, there's no Williams, there's no Jerome, Muscala, Favors, Robinson Earl. They're all out. Trey Mann has been getting pretty strong minutes. Just 25 last game, but it had been 30-plus for six straight prior to that. I wouldn't say they'd been six straight good games, but he's been getting those minutes. What does Trey Mann provide? And also, Pokyshevsky. Do they start Wiggins or Poku? Who gets more minutes there? Pokyshevsky played 34 last game. Wiggins played 35, and they both started when Wiggins was scratched. Not Wiggins, when Roby was scratched. If Roby plays, how do they decide that? Because 26-minute Pokyshevsky is a 12-team league player. 17-minute Pokyshevsky is not. But the Timberwolves. Some guys appearing on the injury report for Wednesday. In fact, a ton of them. Prince, Beverly, Vanderbilt, Russell, and Edwards are all questionable. So, of course, we want to see who plays. Edwards, is he back? That's probably the most important one. But a bunch of other guys, not well there. Not, not well, not not uh, not healthy. Jaden McDaniels, there's some value if a bunch of those players are out. Same goes with Malik Beasley and Jordan McLaughlin. Um, even Jalen Noel, if he's able to play, which it looks like he is, he's probable. 
So some very interesting injury scenarios here. Um, it is a good opportunity, I guess, to rest them against the Thunder, but I wouldn't say the Timberwolves are playing you know, with you know, that much house money. They're still not locked into a playoff spot, so they'd want to make sure they get their wins, and the Thunder have been pretty frisky at times this season. The Magic and the Pelicans is the next game up. The Orlando Magic are on a back-to-back. Jalen Suggs is going to miss the game on Tuesday. Michael Fultz will miss the game on Wednesday. I think Suggs will be back for that one, but I don't know. So we want to see how the minutes get distributed there and how that looks. But also Chuma Akiki, who moves back to the bench with Wendell Carter returning. Does Akiki play 20 or 27? It's a big difference because prior to his last two starts in place of Carter, he'd played 24 and 17 minutes. Not good enough. If he gets 27, then yes, he is a 12-team league player. Also want to watch Flaming Mo Wagner. Because the last two games, or the last game for Wagner, was great. First game back from a rib injury, played 27 minutes. But that was with Carter out. So what's his role now? 10 minutes, 15 minutes? Anything more than that? He's a good producer when he plays. I'm just not sure he's going to play. Or enough, anyway. For the Pelicans, I want to watch Jackson Hayes, whose role feels secure, but it does feel like his upside is capped. Low usage, sort of floating 26, 27 minutes. Can we get a little bit more out of Jackson? That's something to watch. And then the big fella, Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Valanciunas. I talked about him in the buy low, sell high, how he was lacking some defensive stats and his shooting had fallen way off. Let's see if that's able to correct. Brandon Ingram also questionable with a hamstring for Tuesday. So that's going to be intriguing to watch and how they replace him. Please, no, no Garrett Temple, please. Let's see what they decide to do if Ingram does in fact decide or not, if not decide if he's unable to play. The next game we look at is the Hawks. They are taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. Bogdan Bogdanovich has been playing at an extremely high level. Kevin Hurd is dealing with a shoulder issue, which is helping Hunter and Bogdanovich play extra minutes. So let's see how they look. Let's see if Bogdanovich can keep up this extraordinarily good form. And then Clint Capella. Is there any chance of Clint Capella turning back into Clint Capella? Doesn't feel like it. He just isn't the same guy anymore. So I want to watch that to see if there's any hope. I actually don't think there is. But that's going to be one for us to watch. Well, for the Bucks. It is a back-to-back for Milwaukee, and Grayson Allen and George Hill have both been ruled out for Tuesday. If they're out again, along with Pat Connaughton, is it Jordan Water time? Or is it Wes Matthews time? How are they going to use that position? Because it could be a really big opportunity for some strong minutes for Nora to be a stream option. And then I want to watch Giannis. More importantly, his free throws, which are super important in a fantasy playoff. So if he starts hitting them at 75%, really helps you, doesn't it? Get maybe a bonus win category if he is able to continue to do that. Positively for the Raptors, Fred Van Vliet looks like he will return. He's listed as probable. So he will move back into that starting line. But what does that mean for the trickle-down of all their bench centers? Achua, Birch, Birch is starting. Um, Boucher, Thad Young. Boucher played, what, 36 minutes last game? Yeah, 36 without Ananobi and Van Vliet. Van Vliet's actually now back to questionable, interestingly enough. Um, If Van Vliet is out, Boucher is an option. But if Van Vliet plays, I don't think he's going to be. For the Spurs, Devin Vassell missed last game. Want to see whether he's available to go. Without him, they started Josh Richardson. He played well. Will Richardson actually remain in the rotation or will he go back to doing nothing? Also want to watch Keldon Johnson, whose last two games have been, or last couple of games, or two out of his last three have been bad. With some really poor percentages. And of course, he's just, even if he tripped over a defensive stat, he wouldn't know how to pick it up. Like there are real issues with his fantasy game, but when the shot's falling, there's some good stuff there. 
He's been a bit down of late. Knicks and the Mavericks. Is this Tom Thibodeau playing young guys? It is. It actually is. And it's working out well. Now, of course, the stubborn bastard refuses to change his starting lineup. But quickly, he's playing good minutes. And he's worth an ad. Mitchell Robinson's questionable for this game. They have ruled out Grimes, Toppin, and Cam Reddish. Not a surprise there. So there are more minutes available on the wing. And Juice McBride's going to play a little bit more. So that's one for us to watch. If Mitchell Robinson's out, then Taj Gibson and Jericho Sims become viable streamers and viable DFS players. For the Mavericks, the hope is that Jalen Brunson's able to return. So watching how Brunson and Dinwiddie fit together, what their playing time looks like, what their production looks like. Dinwiddie's on an absolute hot streak at the moment. Last two games have been one without Doncic, one without Brunson. Him getting 30-plus in games where they all play is a little bit tougher to envisage. But watching that, I think he's going to be really interesting to see how they do decide to use him. For Denver, they are taking on the Sacramento Kings. Farton Will Barton's dealing with an ankle problem. He's also dealing with playing not very well before that ankle problem. We've also got Bones Highland dealing with knee problems. Jermichael Green with a knee issue. How's Barton's playing time going to look? Is he going to play? Is he worth holding? Also, DeMarcus Cousins put up a gigantic line last game. A gigantic line for playing only 13 minutes. Do they ever decide to play him and Jokic together? Probably not. Is there a chance Jokic sits this first game of a back-to-back against the Kings? I doubt it. But Cousins against his former team? Let's see if he's afforded anything extra from the coaching staff. And for the Kings, Dante DiVincenzo continues to be the guy that pushes forward for that shooting guard spot. Will that be the case? Will they ever just play him 32 a night? It doesn't feel like it, but it's getting towards it. And that remains something for us to watch. While Darren Fox is putting up just gigantic numbers, gigantic minutes. He's playing like 40 a night at the moment, which is honestly just staggering to see to see him playing uh, that many minutes. He's, he's pretty foolish, to be honest. But he is playing a lot, and he's putting up big, big numbers. And we want to pay attention to that. The Trailblazers and the Jazz. Okay, so what are we getting from Brandon Williams? Last game, there was no Simons, and he put up big numbers. The game before that, there was no Josh Hart, and he put up okay numbers. But if Simons and Hart both play, a question at this point, where's Williams fit? How does he fit with Keon Johnson and CJ Allaby and Ben McLemore and Elijah Hughes and Calgen Blevins? All those are real NBA players. How does he fit in? Well, Trenton Watford started last game. He's had 30 minutes in the last three games, and he's producing like a 12-team league player. Whether that continues or not, I don't actually know. Justice Winslow, will he be available? We don't know. But Watford's got some stream value there. For the Jazz, Rudy Gobert, I want to watch because he was dealing with a calf complaint prior to last game. Is he going to play in this one? If they're ever going to arrest him, it's probably this one against the Blazers. So watch that. And that means you watch your Hassan Whiteside as well. And then Don Mitchell. He's either not shooting well from the line or not shooting well from the field, or in some cases, both. We'd like that to be able to improve. It's been pretty weird to see him just not be able to hit shots. So hopefully we're able to get some improvement there from Don Mitchell. The Wizards. They are taking on the Clippers in the last game of the day. What's Ish Smith's role going to be? Hal Neto looks like he'll be available to play. He was able to practice, so that's going to limit Ish Smith's upside. And again, with 12 games on, would I bother adding him if he's going to play 22 minutes off the bench? Probably not. So watching that, and then also watching the big fella, Chris Asposingas. How much is he going to play? He dropped 25 points in 20 minutes the other night. Oh, that's huge. Legitimately, from here on out, could be a top 15 per game player. The problem is, is how much is he going to play? We're very interested in seeing it, though. Well, for the Clippers, it is a back-to-back for them. I don't expect Bob Covington to play. So that helps Zubats. It helps Hartenstein. 
helps Batum, Coffey, Mann, Morris maybe. But the Clippers roulette with who gets production remains in full effect. So Terrence Mann, probably one of the safer guys as is Zubats, but you know, weird shit can always go on with this team and their rotation. But there's never any weird shit with Built Bar because it is the best tasting protein bar ever. Why would you choose another one? It's pointless. You get something, you taste it, and you go, it's disgusting. What is this crap? And then you get a Built Bar and you go, wow, this is, it's like a treat. It's covered in 100% real chocolate. But amazingly, it's only 130 calories and 17 grams of protein. What a combination the Built Bar offers you. And the flavors, oh my God. Cookies and cream, coconut, salted caramel, peanut butter, brownie, mint brownie, raspberry, strawberry, orange, and many others that I can't even remember. So head to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You know what it is. It's LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. That'll save you 15% off your order of Built Bar. Built Bar is built different. Let's look at some back-to-back stream options. There's not a huge amount. It's really Denver that we're looking at. And most of their guys are rostered. The guys that are available, it's Jeff Green and Bryn Forbes. Maybe it's Bones Highland if he plays. Maybe it's Jermichael Green. Like Cousins, sure. Back-to-back stream, no problem. But he's he's been grabbed in a lot of spots. But that's really all we're looking at. In terms of guys on Wednesday, again, be really cautious about wasting an ad when you might not actually not use the player. You can look at DiVincenzo, Eubanks, Watford, Olenek, Horton Tucker, KJ Martin, Maxi Kleber, Trey Lyles, Javante Green, or Justin Holiday. Deeper leagues, we're going Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, Greg Brown, Corey Kispert, Torian Prince if he plays, Corey Joseph, Cody Martin, Stan Johnson, Naz Reed, Jose Alvarado. And then for points leagues, Bagley should be rostered everywhere. Jackson Hayes, Hartenstein, Monk, Burks, Herb Jones, Trey Mann, Shangun, Baisley, and the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo. And guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.